This is the Blue Bomber Podcast with CFL Hall of Famer and my broadcast partner, Doug Brown. Just like a head-on car accident, had to piggyback him, grab onto his waist as he pulled him, kind of like a tractor pull there for a couple yards. And you can play it safe, you don't have to take these risks and just nickel and dime your way down the field. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at cjob.com. And we welcome you to the Doug Brown Winnipeg Blue Bomber podcast. No, it is not G Mac, Greg Mackling. I know you're looking. I was going to say you got better looking. You, oh, he'll be now. He'll be furious with you when he gets back. He uh, he actually went to Helsinki. Yeah. Okay. And he was. Uh, are you familiar with the Dirks Bentley tune, "Drunk on a Plane"? Yes. Well, I saw three beers in three different countries as Mackling was tweeting his way to Helsinki. So better than snakes on a plane. Well, that this is very true. Yes. <laughs> I've never been on a plane with snakes before, so thank goodness. But anyway, we got to talk playoffs. What's that? Right? Is it not playoffs? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Let's do it. Yeah, obviously the win, the big news of the day for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers with that tremendous victory over the Calgary Stampeders at home. Uh, the Fog Bowl, the mini Fog Bowl, that's what yeah. people are calling it. Um, cannabis smoke, whatever. Uh, who knows what? We need someone to test the origins of that, whether it was a cannon just going off. Yeah, well, someone was blaming the cannon. Yeah. I think it was Derek well, uh, Dennis Derek of the Stampeders. Dennis of the Calgary yeah. Stampeders, one of the dumbest tweets I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> uh, saying that that wasn't fog and it was uh, we were piping in crap crowd noise and it's just it shows you the depth of denial of your average uh, professional athlete when they lose and everything is everyone else's fault except theirs they're not going to take any personal responsibility or accountability it was all everything was rigged at investors group stadium against them yeah. other than obviously the uh, the outstanding performance by the the winnipeg offense defense and special teams taking down the only team they hadn't beaten in the cfl this year and uh you know, there's something to be said for owning your own path to the playoffs, and yeah. that's exactly what the Winnipeg Blue Bombers did. Nobody wanted to have to go into Edmonton, uh, f- you know, for a, a winner-take-all type scenario. And uh, what better way to give your your fans a, a send-off for the final regular season game of the year and the final game that will be played at IGF 2018 with a win against the team with the best record in the CFL and and some of the most uh, productive offensive and defensive. Uh, statistics and and rankings and 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 players uh, in, in the entire Canadian Football League. So, with all due respect to Jim Mora, we are going to talk about playoffs because the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are in the postseason for the third straight year. And it's kind of interesting, Doug. You were talking about nobody wanted to go to Edmonton uh, and face a win or go home type scenario. And as Friday night was playing out, you know, it's it's still 12-6 Calgary in the first half. You know, the Blue Bombers have, have played much better than the score would indicate. And I couldn't help but flashing back to, I, I believe it was week number four or five the, of the, the season. The first time when they played them? No, no, okay. no. The, the loss in B.C., uh, I'm thinking, you know, back when they lost that one, I thought, oh boy, if this comes back to the sink their ship, yeah. exactly. Remember, yeah. Strevler got stopped at the goal yeah. line at both ends. Yeah, uh, I thought if this comes back to sink their ship, and even after that, they were still up. What was it, seventeen to nothing or something like that in that game, and they wound up losing it anyway. 
it doesn't matter now. They are going to go to the playoffs uh, against either Saskatchewan or Calgary. So what do you think about that, Doug Brown? Well, uh, I think first and foremost, you have to take your your hat off to um, you know the regime, the Kyle Walters and, and Michael mm-hmm. Shea um, tandem because... Uh, this is uh, three-year winning streaks, three-year playoff uh, opportunities are, are few and far between, or they have been at least over the last uh, 15 well, years. Right? Back to when it you was, were playing. Well, it was 2001, 2002, 2003. Brendan Tamman was the general manager. Dave Ritchie was a head coach. Uh, that was the last time there were three winning seasons in a row yep. and three playoff bursts in a row. It's literally... And three double-digit win seasons. Yeah, and three yeah. Double, yeah exactly. So it's, uh, it's a tremendous, you know, for Calgary, it's just just another year, yeah, right? Yeah. For some franchises, just another year. But for one of that's that's noteworthy. It's an accomplishment. Uh, the franchise is pointing in the right direction right now, and uh, you have to be impressed by the work those guys have done in terms of creating a sustainable and a consistent winning product. Right? That's what jumps off the page for me is that these football teams now um, you can count on them. They've beaten everybody this year, right? Uh, any given day they're having a game you know they have the opportunity to win uh they have the right foundation they have the right nucleus of players uh they consist consistently i think are are trying to augment upgrade and improve their roster uh these guys have not uh sat and been status quo they have not sat on their laurels they've not said hey we've done good enough they've been on that continual quest for improvement and achievement and uh this is, these are the results, right? This might be the best team uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have had in some time, and it's very possible they could uh, do some damage in the playoffs, so it's going to be a very difficult road. So when you look back, I know I know what I consider to be their most significant win of the season, in, in my opinion, but I'm only the fill-in host, if you will. You're the star of the Doug Bomber Blue Bomber podcast, so everybody wants to know what you think is the most significant win of the season for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Wow. I would, I mean, for me, it's when you blank the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, right? That was, uh, was that 31 nothing. 31 nothing, Doug. Just in case people, uh... (laughs) just in case there are a few people that are tuning in from Regina to to listen to this, what was that score again? 31, and it was uh, Bob's 800th game, I believe. There were a lot of zeros there. There was a zero on the score from now on, they're all Bob's 800 team, And uh, the there were two zeros in the number of games that he broadcast and, yeah. and one for uh, the scoring achievement by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in that game. So to me, I mean, that's that's the second best team, second best record in the entire Canadian Football League. And uh, it goes to show you when things, when they're able uh, to play the kind of football that they aspire to, wow, are they a dangerous team? Are they a threat? Obviously, they're going to have to go do that on the road a couple times. And obviously, even if you make it to the Great Cup, you're going to be on the road as well in Edmonton but um they're a dangerous, dangerous football team, and uh, it's hard to continue on winning streaks and such. Super impressive. It makes them the hottest and best team in the in the CFL right now. They're playing the best football in the CFL right now, as demonstrated by all the high caliber teams they've beaten. But for me, that was that was a game that demonstrated they are a team to be reckoned with this year. See, in the the caliber of the opponent was nowhere near. Uh, the game that you just described and them shutting out Saskatchewan because at that time the Rough Riders were rolling. But when I look back, 
I can't think of a game where the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and specifically Matt Nichols and Mike O'Shea, faced more pressure than when they hosted the Montreal Alouettes and Johnny Manziel. <laughs> now, after I they know, lost four in a row. After they had lost four in a row, the world was literally caving in on them. Um, you know, they, they were coming off of that t- terribly banjo demoralizing banjo bowl loss. Yeah. And... It just seems they rediscovered their mojo against Montreal, as most teams probably would do. But I just thought if you bookended the pressure with, with the, that they were feeling at that particular time and how that game seems to have springboarded them into the kind of performances uh, like you just described in the 31 to nothing win over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That was 31 nothing, by the way, uh, just in case it is Saskatchewan or they play in the Western semifinal. Uh, I. I thought that was kind of you know one of the most significant wins because do you think they possibly could have turned it around had they lost that game? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, the thing that jumps off the page is just uh, how impressive it is to be so bad and look so bad. I mean, that Banjo Bowl is one of the worst games you've ever seen in terms of uh, quarterbacking performance and in yeah. a number of areas. And to be able to just put that behind them and to not be a, a lot of football teams, you have a game like that, you have a stretch of games like that, mm-hmm. your season's done. It's right. over. So you want to talk about showing uh, some true grit and character and resolve and, uh, you know, third place cemented in the Western Division playoff bounds. So to rebound to that degree in that nature, that uh, that's a statement for sure. Yep. Okay. So, Doug, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are in the playoffs. They don't know yet where they're going to go, and it doesn't matter what they do in Edmonton. That's not going to change the script. However, you just mentioned the long winning streak. So can they accomplish the goal of keeping their frontline players healthy and ending the wet regular season on a six-game winning streak? Can they do all that in Edmonton on Saturday afternoon? Yeah, I mean... I think the streak should just be paused. I, I don't think it, nothing matters in Edmonton other than the fact that you're healthy. Yeah. Um, there obviously is momentum. You want to continue. You want to say, hey, okay, we've won six in a row now um, going into the playoffs, you know, so on and so forth. But you don't know how Edmonton's going to approach it. You don't know how if they're going to try and just end their season on a good note, have a send off for their yeah. fans, so on and so forth. I just think it's. Um, imperative that I think it's more important to have your guys healthy than to say hey we uh, we won another game and we're going into the playoffs on this hot streak I think what what takes precedent over that is, is just the health of their players so I think they recognize how well they're playing who they've beaten I don't think having a loss and not having certain guys participate uh, I don't think that takes away I don't think people are going to say oh well they were nose diving going to the playoffs if they lose yeah. that game by you know 14 points or 20 points or whatever because I think they should take concerted steps to make sure they're healthy and 100% going into uh, the first round. So if Doug Brown calls Mike O'Shea into his office and says, Coach, here are the players you're going to sit out on Saturday, this is non-negotiable. Wow. Um I mean, I, I probably wouldn't play Nichols for more than a quarter. I'd give Stratton. Would dress them though, right? Yeah, I don't. I think so. I think you have to use your starting offensive line as well. I think they've got some depth there, though, so that's okay. I'm not sure Andrew Harris should play in this game. I, I most certainly don't think Dressler should play in this right. game. And uh, you know, maybe Darvin Adams takes a seat as well. I don't know who's nicked up. You know, a lot of Nick this Dempsey, would be maybe he's had some. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this there. would come from. You'd have to know. Uh, you know 
the injury sheet that Al Couture has right. and who's dinged up and who's nursing this and who's dealing with that because there's you know that hidden figure that hidden number nobody knows about it uh, that's on the outside looking in in terms of which players could benefit the most yeah. from that so I uh, him, uh, the trainer, and obviously the coaching staff. Uh, I think that's going to be their their priority when when they approach this mean nothing game in Edmonton. I think they know that they're playing very good football right now. I don't think you know putting together seventy five percent or putting out sixty percent of your roster for that game is going to change the momentum that this team has. Yeah, I don't think he's nicked up, but I think just out of pure caution and no, for no other reason. I think I'd probably be apt to sit out Adam Big Hill too. He just he's so important to this football club. Now convincing him to sit out would be another thing. But uh, anyway, it'll be interesting to see how that all unfolds on Saturday. The so, approach, right? Yeah, you're you're, yeah. you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. In terms of yeah. if you play everybody and you go, and then somebody gets hurt, and then you're an idiot for playing them. And if you don't, and they get waxed, and then they lose in the first round, it's oh, you should have. You should have won. Yeah, it's yeah, a it, no well, win proposition yeah, for, for your football. 2020. Okay, so now, uh, because we don't know whether it's going to be Calgary or we don't know what's going to be Saskatchewan, do you have I think it would be Saskatchewan, I'll tell you right now. Okay. Because here's the thing. Uh, Calgary goes to BC to play. Yes. BC cannot improve their standing or lot in the playoffs any way, shape, or form. They're crossing over 100%. Right, but how okay? about putting stock into the fact that it's Wally's last home game? It is Wally's last home game, but I'm sure Wally would rather win a playoff game yeah. than the last regular season. I, I mean, Wally would, but what, what about would, his players, though? Would Wally's ego allow that to happen is what you should be saying. Um, I, yeah, I'm not sure whether... I mean, it's just not like Travis Lule. Are you really going to expose him in another regular season game yeah. just to cement your... Like, like no. Like, Travis... Travis, if Travis Lule plays against the Calgary Stampeders for more than half a quarter or a quarter, I would say they've completely lost their mind. That guy's been hurt so much, yeah. gets hurt so much. He's critical to the, any other opportunity in a crossover berth in the playoffs going forward. Do you so. think that's why they yanked him the other night in Saskatchewan? Or do you think that's just because he wasn't playing? No, I, I think, yeah, you, you got to. But I, I think Wally, you know, I think he recognizes the big, you don't get to be the most successful coach and, and have the kind of legacy that he has, he has without recognizing what's more important than your last coached regular season game ever is your last playoff opportunity ever so, so okay, so so Calgary's going so to win that game. So in my mind, Calgary right? wins that game just because it means something to Calgary. Calgary's opportunity with that, that they want to stay in first place. They want to have to win one game to go to the Grey Cup. All they have to do is beat BC. So the game means more to Calgary than it does to BC. So I anticipate the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will be going to Saskatchewan. See, and I would love nothing better than to see BC win that game. And here's why, Doug. Because, you know, the A, the... the well, stand- whether we want them to or not yeah, is beside the a, point, but okay. But my fractured philosophy on this is... Calgary loses to the BC Lions, so the Winnipeg Blue Bombers go to Calgary, where they've they've had some decent success. Now, the games, uh, for the most part, have not meant a lot, the ones they've won, but the bottom line is they still have won there recently. But that also means Saskatchewan winds up having a two-week layoff. (laughs) You want them just to be idle, huh? I want them to be so rusty and so sick (laughs) and tired of Chris Jones. Yeah, Well, because we know there's a lot to do in Regina. You know, so anyway, that was my fractured logic. But uh, by making so much sense with what Calgary's going to do to BC, it kind of goes out the window. So Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, should we be worried? 
Well, it's a tough place to go, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, there's a difference. There's a big difference between how Saskatchewan plays on the road, how they played in Investors Group Field that time, and how they would play at home. Right. Obviously, Zach Claris is is injured right now. We don't know if it's concussion protocol again, mm-hmm. or some, that's what it looked like from that Odell Willis hit. So right. uh, we'll have to see uh, what kind of uh, scenario that is there. But just a much more difficult team to play against at home. But the beautiful thing about Winnipeg Blue Bombers going there, they've done that before. They have that yes. in their you know experience bank. They've done that. They understand what it takes. They've gone in there. They've won before in the most hostile of environments. You know, it'll be Labor Day. You know, point two kind of thing. So uh, uh, Labor Day one point two. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's. Uh, the playoff scenario would certainly be as as energetic and difficult as what you saw from the Liberty Classic for sure. Yeah, I just you know you have to think that uh, the you know the Rough Riders would obviously be really geared up after losing thirty one to nothing the last time they played the Blue Bombers, and you know even when you look at the Labor Day Classic loss, I think the score was thirty one twenty three. If Keenan LaFrance doesn't have that fumble, uh, you know to me that was one of the key turning points in that football game. The Blue Bombers were very much in it and really weren't playing anywhere near as well as they're playing now. So I I don't think they really have to be all that concerned which with whichever venue they wind up playing in, do they? Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough road to go to the Grey Cup for sure. I think the the key with Saskatchewan which we saw in that in that beatdown at IGF is uh, you just you don't give them the easy scores. You know, you make their you make their offense play long ball in the sense that you give them long football fields and you make them march. And I don't think they're consistent enough to be able to threaten you with, with scoring long scoring drives that they're going to make a mistake, they're going to they're going to come off the field, they're going to be forced to punt, they're going to turn the ball over. That offense is not, you know, they're streaky, they they can they can get hot then go in and out i don't think they can methodically march the football on you so as long as you play a conservative ball security uh, a game you win the special teams battle you flip the field on you don't have to score every time you have the ball but you have to win the field position game and i think your defense is opportunistic enough that you make that saskatchewan offense drive long fields on you i think you win the game easily see if i'm a blue bomber fan i think that if there's one concern that I would have, and it might be one of the few concerns with how well this football team is playing. But you just mentioned the magic words there, flip the field. And right now the Bombers are having a hard time doing that with their return game. And to me, would that be in your book the number one concern that's uh, probably one forward. b for me one a for me the only thing that concerns me about this football team going into the postseason going into the playoffs is i think uh head coach michael shea has fantastic a job as they've done over the last three years the only thing that concerns me um I love aggressive. I love aggressive coaching. Mm-hmm. I love coaches that believe in their players and put them in in you know difficult situations and, and believe that they're going to be able to accomplish and execute uh, what what they're looking to do. My only concern, though, is that um, he he gets needlessly aggressive mm-hmm. he does things you don't need to do my, my you're talking my about case, third and short from my the case was it, yeah case of point yeah. uh, four minutes 30 something seconds yeah. left in the game you're up by 11 yeah two possession okay? game yeah it's a uh, third and a long yard we thought it was maybe a yard and yeah. a half even and uh 
you know what? Yeah, they convert that a lot of the time. But the way their defense was playing, the amount of time that was left in the game, the fact that Calgary needed two scores, mm-hmm. um, they'd have to march they'd have to march that field on you and then you're still going to get the ball back after that. I just thought it was a situation where he was overly aggressive and he didn't need to be. I think this team is good enough just to play straight up football without taking these chances and rolling the dice in this regard and uh, sticking your neck out when it's not warranted. That's the only thing that scares me about this team's chances going into the playoffs is that I honestly think he just needs to dial it back a little bit and just let his team, his team mm-hmm. is that good, let the defense play defense, the the offense. You don't need to come up with something necessarily for the special teams to do. You don't need the offense to, you know, uh, roll the dice and, and gamble on a, a scenario like that. And uh, I think they're good enough that they can play straight up and win without sticking their neck out. I mean, they almost lost that game again. They potentially could have lost that game against Calgary um, for if Calgary had just taken the points or if that, right, that, that yeah. touchdown catch had been ruled, what a lot of people think it should have been ruled, guess what? There's three minutes left in the game and Calgary's now only down by three or down, but now they're now it's right. a one score It's game, a different, yeah, right? it's a totally different scenario. As opposed sure. to you're punting with four and a half minutes left and they got to go the entire field and then yeah. they got to do it again. And, that, and then you're with, getting possession as well, yeah. right? So I can see trying to maintain ball possession if your defense is struggling, if Calgary you know, has been moving the ball well up and down the field but the defense was playing so well and as much yeah sure you want to show your offense confidence but show your defense confidence in that hey we're going to punt the ball away and we know you're going to get it back for us because that's what you've been doing all night long yeah yeah it's uh to me like you say it's uh, a risk you didn't need to take yeah and uh and so it was it was needless right it yeah. was it was to me it was a little bit reckless and uh, that's really my only concern about this football team is that they'll take a chance that they don't have to right. I think they're good enough just based on what playing their style playing to their identity of football I think that's good enough to take them as far as uh, you know as uh, who knows maybe yep. the final well you know that's the other thing too and it'll uh, it'll be a chat that you and uh, Greg can have next week when he gets back ending the playoff winning drought well you know in the playoffs three years in a row but now the next step is is to win that game but we won't have to worry about that till next week we'll just concern ourselves with uh what happens in edmonton and and i agree with you doug i think that uh, really uh the, the health is the is the greatest uh priority uh, i think they will rest most of their people i don't think that they'll t- i don't think they'll take any chances there they might they might challenge again on third and short but i don't think they'll take any uh, needless risk with the health of their football team yeah i think that's the the smart approach for sure in that game and uh yeah we'll see uh We'll see when the smoke clears, and uh, it's uh, you know it, it's funny how it just shifts from regular season where there's always another opportunity, and uh, it was my favorite time of the year, and that's the one thing that that point you brought up about you got to get a playoff win, right? When we talk about how the last regime, 2001, two and three, was the last one to make playoffs three years in a row, double digit wins every single win. I think they had two uh, divisional finals and a great yes. cup berth yep. in, in those three years. And that is the single missing element for this regime. Uh, that's the next chapter for them. And I think they're well positioned for it. 
What was that, Jim? What, what did you want to say, Jim? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? The Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. Oh, that is, wow, that's fantastic. I like that. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at CJOB.com. 